Phoenix FM. So I'm joined on the phone by Jazz Matu. Hello, Jazz. How's it going? Yeah, man. Good, good. Good. Thanks for chatting to us. I understand. Oh, so we should introduce you. Of course, you are a uh, musician, songwriter, singer, recording artist, the full works, all of it. Mm-hmm. And a stand-up comedian, very funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of branched the two worlds, the two universes. Yeah, but, um, got a foot yeah, in both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have any time for real life in between? Or uh, are you constantly <laughs> going between the two? <laughs> well, it's basically... <laughs> So basically, when I, I walk, and I'm just, I'm just you know, I, I'll, I'll do this interview as a, as a serious musician, but um, my, my, <laughs> to answer that question, <laughs> to, to answer that question, I basically see being a musician and being a stand-up as my actual life, and being, I'm sort of like the opposite of Clark Kent and Superman, basically, you know, you've got, you know, uh, Superman pretends to be Clark Kent, I pretend to be Jazz Matthew in the real world, having a job and everything, but the real me. <laughs> The real me is a musician and a comedian, yeah. So the real you is that, and then, then you like you rip off your shirt to become <laughs> like a suit underneath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I rip it off and I have a suit. <laughs> and I'm like, the suit is just me being a normal member of society. And um, <laughs> we all wear that suit, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully. Act hopefully. normal, no one will notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the, the, I need to put that on a poster, the opposite of Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Super in his own way. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, man. getting back to the music. So you, uh, you do all those things. You write it and you produce and you record and everything. Am I right in thinking you do all that yourself or do you have uh, um, help doing that? Yeah, so basically, um, I, well, originally on my original album, I did uh, everything, but I have a producer. If I tell you the story of that, I think that'll make sense. So basically, my... Guitar teacher is also my drum teacher, and he's got his own recording studio. And then I came, like, we stopped basically doing lessons because I, I passed all the grades and everything. And then he was like, actually, I like some of your ideas. Have you ever thought about recording them? I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's do this. And I was taking singing lessons. So on my original album, I did everything, and he sort of produced it and then recorded it. And on this single and my recent singles this year, I've sort of, um, I looked back at the album and thought, ah, what didn't work, what did work? And um, basically, uh, my producer, Dean Well, a guy who runs Dean Well Studios in Kent, he, we sort of co-produce it. So he basically does all the sound engineering and he mixes it down and masters it. And I'm sort of there just saying, actually, you know, this doesn't sound good. This doesn't sound good. Yeah. And then he also plays the drums as well. So um, I do the guitar, the bass, and I write the lyrics and the song structure and I do all the singing. But he... Um, because on my original album, we used electric drums. and Because I've only ever played drums on an electric drum kit. Yeah. Playing acoustically just didn't sound right. And he's a better acoustic drummer than me. Ah, okay. So, so yeah, so we, uh, yeah, that's what we did. We, so he plays the drum track and I co-wrote the drums with him. And um, yeah, so that's how it's done. So I do basically most of it. So I'd say most of the, like, the actual writing and the recording. And he basically does the sort of studio side then the producing side. So I'd say he's my producer and sound engineer and I do most of the writing really. Yeah. So he, he adds the job afterwards or is it our creative process between the two of you? Um, so it's kind of like, um, I, I just, he's kind of like what most sort of producers would do in that, um, he sort of script edits a bit and would say like, if it wasn't for him, this song would probably be eight minutes long. 
And I, <laughs> yeah. I do like a long jazz solo for no reason. It's kind of like that. It's little things like that. Like, um, it's, it's, it's made me really aware of like what producers and what like musical directors do in that. Like, it's just sort of trimming the songs. Cause I think, um, this is sort of just an iteration of my previous album where I sort of had m- what I wanted to do. I put it out there and I realized that the style I was going for, you know, was from the seventies really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a little bit seventies. Yeah. This is the thing. So I- I've always grown up in like an era where you sort of have to, you do the album first and then you, and then you sort of work backwards. And but now everyone is sort of, people don't really buy albums anymore. They sort of, although on vinyl maybe, but it's mainly the playlist generation mm. now I feel. So it's like the way we record, record the songs now is sort of just tailoring it to like, just making it a bit more coherent. He sort of, he's got an ear in sort of the modern world, basically. That's why I say he adds to the track. He's a bit like, oh, this sounds like this. This sounds like that. Maybe think of this. But then it's generally, you know, I'd say he's kind of like, what's that guy from the Beatles? What was his name again? Um, that guy from the Beatles? Uh, Paul McCartney, who's that him? No, 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 no. That's <laughs> Ringo, who was no. Their, uh, who was their producer? Uh, he died recently. Oh, what was his name? Oh, oh, I no idea. You know, they always used to say he was the fifth Beatle, but then they would always deny. Um, oh, well, one of your, I'm sure one of your listeners will tell me. Yeah, but, um, I'll tell you what, when I work it out, I'll add it in the middle of this interview and edit it in like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, do that, do that. And um, yeah, so basically he's got that role, basically. He, um, I write the songs and then we record them together and we sort of tailor bits and stuff like that. Because I don't want to have like, all my singles being 10 minutes long, basically. Uh, <laughs> unless I go in a sort of tall direction, that would be really cool. Like, but no, no. So At the moment, you're keeping it like sub five minutes. Yeah, but then <laughs> the thing is, it's like um, the live version of all the songs, because this is some, someone actually said this to me at my last music gig. They said that the live version sounds totally different to the recording version. So I quite like, I feel that that's missing from bands today. Yeah. Where, the live version is completely the same as the studio version. So oh, it's nice to have something different to go and see and enjoy live, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because the thing is, I'm, I, when I play live, it's a trio, so we have to cut certain bits out and we add certain bits. And then I, sometimes I work with, like, tracks that I've pre-programmed in, sometimes I don't. So, yeah, it, it would be good to, like, have, maybe do a live version that sounds like a true live version. Yeah. Well, like, um, just have you going off on a 10 minute guitar solo if you like three minute songs don't come to see me live <laughs> <laughs> Everything. your favourite tracks will be seven minutes long and your, um, but sadly the tracks you don't like will also be seven minutes long so. <laughs> <laughs> take your off with a smooth it'll be fine <laughs> yeah. there'll be definitely time to go for a drinks break basically that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> so uh, <laughs> who, you, you mentioned being a bit of a 70s kind of vibe to some of your music who's some of your influences oh um, well I, I quite like um, like um, people like David Bowie and uh, I quite like the, sort of the late 70s bands like Talking Heads and I quite like um, but then I like some of the 80s bands that sort of like were influenced by David Bowie and Talking Heads and so like the yeah. Pixies and R.E.M. I like those bands, but then I do like the kind of like heavier stuff. Like um, I quite like a lot of heavy guitar players, like Steve Vai, who became melodic. And so yeah. I've got lots of um, like um, sort of. I quite like a, a lot of like just 
sort of players as well, like instrumental players, like um, uh, Victor Wooten, who's a, uh, like probably one of the best bass players in the world. I like his kind of funky bass. But in terms of yeah. pop people, there's a lot of Prince in there as well, I'd say. He's a big influence on me. Um, who else do I like? Oh, I was just thinking, because I was looking on playlists, there's quite a few people. I like, I like um, a new wave band called The Cars. Have you ever heard of them? Oh, right. oh no, not yet. We should okay. check them out after this, though. Oh, no. The then card. you're going to realise who I've copied. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, sure no. that single sounds exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they've, um, they was, um, they've got lots of cool songs from the early 80s that are really good. They've, I think my favourite song is theirs. It's called uh, Just What I Needed. Um, but, yeah, and um, so I'd say, who else? Yeah, quite a few, actually. Uh, Tall, I like. They're probably the most modern band I like. Um and I quite like um, who's uh, there's a, there's a guy who's been on my playlist uh, recently that I've really gotten into. What's his name? Um, I can remember the songs, but I can't. Uh, oh yeah, Peter Gabriel. That's it. Oh um, yes, a bit of Sledgehammer. Yeah, 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 Sledgehammer. And because um, I was listening to because um, I like he's someone you listen to when you're a kid. And then he slowly, like, I just saw his album again on Spotify. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that this has sort of just influenced my entire worldview. <laughs> Didn't really realise <laughs> until you listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. This is the thing. I Because there's a, there's a line in, um, I think it's uh, Stranger Things, season two, um, where the guy says to his little brother, I can't remember, you know the little brother who went missing in the world in season one? Yeah. Have you ever watched Stranger Things? I'm trying he to remember to... if I've seen season two. I've definitely seen... Season one, did they they found him in the end? That's as far yeah, as yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it, actually, I think it is in season one. No, no, it's in season two where he says to his brother, "Who would you rather be friends with?" Um, and he says, "Some country western singer or David Bowie." <laughs> and then um, that was like, oh yeah, you know, I remember, I remember listening to all these bands when I was that age and thinking, oh, look at me, I'm so cool. And then it's just, well, you listen to them now and you're like, ah, oh, you know, this. <laughs> if I didn't listen to this record, would I have been a completely different person? But yeah, would have changed your life crazy. completely. Yeah, and obviously, as well as like that, you know, I like the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that, and sort of like the standard people like, you know, the Cream. Yeah, and, um, classic uh, rock stuff. Yeah, yeah, classic rock stuff, really. I think you could probably find out who I'm, if you listen to all my stuff, you can definitely see who I'm influenced by. We'll pick out, we'll pick it to pieces on the, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pepper yeah. in some influences around. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'll, ju- I'll just get lots of plagiarism notices on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, this is the card, Jazz. Uh, they would like to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did you come up with that riff? <laughs> so do you, when you write a song, do you, uh, are you a guitarist, presumably? Uh, was that the first thing you did when you started uh, yeah, venturing into yeah. music? Um, so I was a guitarist, and... Um, I became a like a lead guitar player, and then you sort of reach a level in an instrument. I don't know if it's applicable to other instruments, but you sort of get to a point where I think, uh, where I could play all the solos that I liked, and I could play all the do all the fancy stuff. And because I'd followed a lot of guitar players like Steve Vai and Peter Gabe, um, sorry, Paul Gilbert and uh, Jason Becker and people like that, and yeah. I got to a level like those kind of famous shred players. And then after a while, um, I just sort of I don't know. I just thought, where could I take this, really? 
Like there was, there just seems to be lots of people on YouTube just playing 10 hours a day. I was like, I didn't really want to do that. So that's when I'd sort of gotten into like, I mean, I'd always been doing riffs. I'd always been writing riffs and coming up with song structures. You sort of have to do that when you're learning to going through the grades and learning music. You're like, oh, oh compose yeah. a two minute thing. So that structure was always there. But then I'd always be writing stuff. But then it was always with the impression that actually, you know, I'd meet up with someone and I was in like some sort of like failed bands as a kid. Uh, and then you'd always write the lyrics and then pass them off to someone. And then they'd sort of have a terrible Ruin interpretation. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing? Was, That's not yeah, how you're saying it. This word's very hard to say. Can you change it to like, <laughs> I love uh, you. <laughs> yeah, completely changed the meaning of the song. Can you change that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's too much irony in this part. No, but it's like, um, so that would happen. That was basically my teenage years, just learning how to play. And then I'd always uh, played like um, bits of the drums and bits of bass and stuff like here and there, but not religiously. It was only really till I got into um, when I started thinking, actually, you know what, I, I really want to start writing songs and really want to get that's when I started really playing, like spending a lot of time playing the drums and the bass. Yeah. And that's when I started up because I'd always been singing just I never really tr treated singing as an instrument, which is uh, which is kind of a an annoying thing to a lot of people who take singing very seriously. But then I, uh, I happened across a, um, a opera teacher. Um, oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. Bel Canto. So I did Bel Canto for five years, um, learning all kind of ancient arias and stuff like that. So you can do opera really, singing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's, um, it's, I've got like a, a CCM teacher now who just teaches like, um, CCM's like contemporary music because what was happening in my voice is sort of, um, was sort of deteriorate because opera singing is very good, but you have to be extremely skilled to use it to sing, uh, like pop music. Like I, I can tell you, um, what's his name? Stevie Wonder's got, was classically trained in bel canto singing oh. and that kind of, that's the kind of voice I wanted. And someone like Sting as well, they've got classical classical voices although i think stevie wonder you listen to his voice now and he's like what 70 and you listen to his voice back in the 70s and it's the same it's the same yeah voice really and so that's when i started so i was always writing riffs from a guitar point of view then but when i got into like classical singing then you i really got into like telling a story over in the song yeah. and then obviously without all this kind of weird acting that operas do <laughs> and not getting <laughs> like 20 stone <laughs> next Pavarotti yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah although to be honest Pavarotti wasn't like um, he's kind of like um, like the most mainstream there are people who are better than him but obviously he was the most famous and um, it's interesting he's got like a like on the outside of opera and Aris, he's like he's like held up as like the best but then when you get into the world it's like oh, oh you know, God, not him again yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, there's this guy, this guy, this guy. And like, oh, yeah. So that influenced my singing. So now I do it both ways. Before, I just used to come up with the music first, the riff. And then with the riff, you sort of get the rhythm. And you're like, oh, I know what drum beat's going to fit over that. I know what bass line's going to go over that. But now I do it the flip side. Like, I write some lyrics and I think, oh, what's the story behind this? And then I try to come up with a guitar riff between oh, yeah. that. And that's that. So the two ways are different. And obviously, it's different because... You're writing this in your bedroom, and then suddenly you put it out there, and you see people what they respond to, and uh, it's yeah. like two sides because you get people like, oh, you know, well, deal with this music, and <laughs> you know, here's ten minutes of it, <laughs> deal. <laughs> but then you get people who are like, oh, you know, this would be better, this, and then I'm like, oh, okay, and then it's that sort of 
it's like, do I want to write a song that people will enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> or one you enjoy, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's basically my artistic struggle. I think that's going to last for the rest of my life. But, um, yeah. but it's, so yeah, so my approach to songwriting now, I'd say, is a bit more, you know, like come up with a bit of a, I mean, three minutes is, you can't really tell a story. Obviously, the live version will be like a whole 20-minute show. Come see the live version, people. But um, Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, but the songs, are, yeah, they, they tell us, I like to tell a story in them, and I generally write lyrics first now and then come up with an idea, and that informs the music. And I feel that that's mainly my CCM training coming in, the, the new sort of vocal coaching where it's about, you know, taking people on a journey. It's a bit more performance in sort of, like when you when you're live and you're listening to the vocals, you want to be sort of taking in a journey. Yeah. So that's what I've been trying to do with um, all the songs I've been writing now. So do, do we uh, envisage a Night at the Opera Queen style uh, album coming soon? <laughs> Barcelona <laughs> jazz style. <laughs> no, maybe maybe if you asked me last year, but um, <laughs> now it's just I think. Um, do you have you ever listened to Peter Frampton comes alive? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that would be amazing because that album is literally like is one of my favorite live albums. Oh, so good. That that would be the pinnacle of music for me. But to be honest, it's just I just I just want music to like surprise me. Really, like I listen to some of the tracks that I haven't released or some of the tracks that I did last year. I'm like, really, I came up with that. Wow, you know. And that's what that's all I want from music, really, just to constantly surprise myself and hopefully surprise some listeners as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we'll discover new stuff. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So you've got a new single coming out? Yep. Very soon. What's it called? Tell us about it. What's the, what's the, the story, the narrative? Yeah, yeah, well, uh, um, it's called The Journey, and um, so it's kind of like um, when I was writing it, I wanted to come up with a rock song, but um, I didn't want it to be, I kind of wanted it to be like a sort of old school rock song, very much like a Queen song, or very much, it's funny you mentioned that, or very much something that you could, you know, you listen to, and it would sort of take you, um, I, you know, I called it the journey, but it would call you, take you on a journey, really. And it, basically, it's the idea, it came from two things in my life, really, basically. And uh, this is sort of anecdotal, but every single week in like a music publication, there's always like, oh, why is guitar music dead? You know, oh, yeah. are, we, are we witnessing the death of guitars? So it's it's like, still you know, going, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, people don't want to play. So it was kind of like, I always, it's always interesting to see trends of music and stuff like that. And I think it was really curtailing into like when I was trying to get books into um, like venues and stuff, they were always saying, oh, well, you know, we can't really place our finger on your genre of music, so mm. we can't put you on and stuff like that. And it was very much, and then you'd go to a night and you'd say, ah, I see now, this is quite like, you know, pop with like urban tinges. And the, yeah. the biggest complaint about my music is that people can't filter it. It's like the pop clubs say it's too rocky, the rock clubs say it's too poppy and stuff like that. So it's like, it was mainly just... um my place within music, what I want for my music. And also it was like, you know, whatever you do, as long as you're happy with what you've done, basically, with your yeah. music. Like it's, for me, it's like, you know, I can say I've done that. It was a lot of stress at the time, like performing and doing this whole process and going and stuff like that and getting people to listen and everything. But at the end of the day, I can say, hey, I, I've done that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, that's, that's the crux of the story, really. And, 
yeah, and hopefully it can be applied to anything that anyone's creating, really, whether it's a an artistic project or even a business project, really, just any sort of idea anyone has, just, and they're kind of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't, trust me, at the end of it, you'll be like so happy that you've just, you started, really, and that you finished and you look back and think, oh my God, how the hell did I do that? What and that's, a journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. And hopefully you'll be singing singing my song whilst you do that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. It'll be driving in the car, belting <laughs> out the window. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, yeah. So that's the single. Have you got that? You mentioned earlier that you're sort of bringing out singles rather than albums now, or is there going to be an album come from it or an EP or anything? Yeah, so basically um, I've been releasing singles, but with the view to sort of release them as a collection and then there'll be some bonus tracks that won't have been released but literally it's like um because the way i did it was just release an album first and then start putting singles but the way i feel you should do is single 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 then ep then album but some of the singles are getting quite a lot of plays a lot of people liking them so hey. the idea is i've got like i like to sort of structure the album and sort of like have a theme and yeah. I think broad, broadly a theme with all my singles is emerging. I've got two, three new singles that I've got. I uh, just need to do the finishing touches on one, and two others are emerging. And I've got a, like a, an idea because the way I do it is now that you can listen to the songs independently on your playlists if you want. But if you do want to get the whole album and listen to it in one playthrough, if those people still exist, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's nice though to put an album on and just enjoy it for like a good exactly forty-five like, minutes. In the, like, cause I don't know about you, but whenever I have an album on, it's either in the background where I need to study when I was in school, or now it's mainly when I'm just driving, really. I put an album on, listen to it end to end. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I just hope those people still exist. And, um, oh, they do. And they listen to my show, hopefully. <laughs> yes, they do. The dying yeah. breed, but we're still there. We're still there. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. So um, that's what I was going to do. Um, uh, see, see at the end of the year what singles and if I can make a coherent narrative through an album and then yeah just put it out there and i'm probably going to try to make some physical copies as well like because i know um someone asked me oh are you releasing this on vinyl i was thinking ah so i've been looking into that trying to make them it'd be cool so like if you see me at any stand-up comedy gigs you can get some of my vinyls off me ah yes come and grab my my own walking merch table, that's what I'll be. <laughs> You'll be in the back of the room with a pasting table. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm to start wearing my album covers as a T-shirt. I actually got a T-shirt made for one of my <laughs> albums. Yeah, well, no, no. Someone actually like messaged me on Instagram saying, oh, I really like the artwork of that. It's like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make a T-shirt out of it. And I was like, ah. So I went to um, a T-shirt shop last weekend and was like, can you make it? And they were like, yeah, sure. So, Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, there will cool. be merchandise. Oh, I shall have to check out your shirt next time I see you then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the comedy. Where can people see you uh doing doing funny? Yeah, oh comedy is um basically uh three times a week. Mainly I like to book in Monty's, I think I'm on Monty's and uh this Wednesday there's a Halloween special, so I'm doing a Halloween character if anyone wants to see that. Oh yeah. And then um yeah, I'm moving um I recently uh, yesterday actually, um I was at the G and B and I did some musical comedy. That's the direction I'm going to start exploring as well oh um, fantastic hybrid between the two careers yeah yeah no because um i um someone um got me a flight of the concord cd and i was listening to it i was like wow this is this is great and i was thinking ah 
how can I do this? And musical comedy, I've always found, is, is quite tricky because you either really like it or you really hate it, yeah. I feel like. There's no in-between. So, and if the yeah, punchline doesn't work, you can't exactly improvise in the middle of a song, can you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. People, people either go for it immediately or not. But then um, <laughs> this is the thing. So that's what, that's what I'm uh, working on as well. Yeah, but uh, next week I'm at um, Funny Feckers on Thursday at the, uh, I think it's the Dean Swift in Camden and on Wednesday I'm at Monty's. And yeah, just, um, just follow me on Instagram, Jazz Matthew Official. Or on Twitter, Jazz Matty Sounds, and I'm always putting on where I am and where I'm going to be. So they yeah. can find you there. Yes. And obviously, they can listen to my show and they'll hear your songs on there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, thanks for having me on, man. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. Look forward to uh, coming to a live gig, seeing you do the music as well as the comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working towards some uh, new gigs of getting the band back in touch, and um, that we needed to go on a bit of a hiatus. But, um, yeah, getting it back and then getting the songs together and then, yeah, going to be booking in some gigs. Uh, I've got some goodwill still with um, some really good places in London that can get a crowd. And so, um, yeah, yeah, look forward to just uh, pay attention to my Instagram and Twitter and I'll be announcing details in the coming months. Keep it posted. Keep it posted. Cool. So uh, we do a thing on on my shows where we do a question tag. So my previous guest asks the next guest the question. So uh, I think the last guest I had asked the question: If you could perform in your dream place, where would it be? Hmm. That's very interesting, actually. Uh, Obviously, Monty's always... is great, and uh, Funny Feckers, <laughs> and G and B's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I've already, I've already. <laughs> been in all the venues I want to, you know. <laughs> Monty's was just brilliant. No, um, it, it's interesting. I think um, from a from a musical point of view, I've always wanted to sort of play at Glastonbury at one of the. I don't know what stage would have me, but um, I think um, oh, probably John, not the John Peel. Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know, but then there's also I don't know if um, in America, like if Carnegie Hall, um, if they do music. I know they do uh, like yeah. theatre and they do like stand up, but I don't know if they do music. But if not, the Madison Square Garden would be pretty good. <laughs> you take them as a second best. <laughs> yeah. I'll make do yeah. with Madison Square Garden, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But from a from a comedy point of view, it's just literally I'd love to play at the stand in uh, Ed, uh, Edinburgh or Glasgow. Uh, yeah. Very, very good venues. But yeah, no, but from a musical point of view, first would be Carnegie. Or, well, first would be Glastonbury, then second would be Carnegie Hall, if they take music. And third would be Madison Square Garden. So yeah. Okay, it's on the Christmas list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, working towards it. You know you know what they say, uh, aim for the moon, end up in Bognor or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bognor's all right. I, I, they have a fantastic uh, music scene. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, they really do. So what would be your question for my next guest, Jess? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, if you um, could be the support act for any artist, and that's alive or dead, who would it be? Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. And I mean, start... I could answer that. I mean, I'd answer that now. Yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to. I'd love to have been the support act for Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah. I think because um, no, at the at the gig where that guy fired the flare and it caused the whole venue to burn down and um, and then deep purple saw and wrote smoke on the water i was gonna say yeah uh, frank zappa 
Burn the place to the ground, I remember. Yes. Can you imagine being the support act thinking, this gig's, oh my God, the building's on fire. But then Literally. writing one of the best songs ever. Yeah, the gig was terrible. It had to be evacuated, but we made a pretty decent song out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So uh, if, if not, just a backup question in case my guest isn't a uh, performer of any kind. We might have okay. someone in who's, uh, who's not, not performing. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. Okay. If you, um, okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. If you, if you were to meet any historical figure that you liked, what would be the one question that you'd ask them? Good one. Yeah. Good and one. hopefully they won't be like, All right, mate, how's it going? <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See the football yesterday. <laughs> Bill Shakespeare's like, oh, no, what's football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Thanks, Jazz. Yeah, no worries, man. It was good. It was good. Thanks thanks for having me. That's all right. Good luck with the uh, the album uh, EP to come. Keep us posted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do. We'll... See you around. Phoenix 98FM. Go to phoenixfm.com and listen to online guest interviews. Check the events for your area and listen to great radio online.